The Capitals make two new hires and round out their coaching staff. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you guys can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today. To get started. So, in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Alexi Protus, a big guy, but not ultimately a tough guy. Is there something he could do to his game to kind of take him over to the top, to be a bit more of that intimidation factor? We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about how there will be no more screaming Eagle jersey. I'm not too happy about that. I actually love that jersey. We'll talk about that, but just to get it going here, the Caps round out their coaching staff by hiring two new assistant coaches, and uh, what we know is they hired Spencer Carberry, but then there were some holes. Blaine Forsyth left, so there were some holes in the lineup, and uh, they hired Spencer Carberry. The first big piece they took care of, it was the right decision to make, and one of the things that was spoke of right away is that they were hiring a younger coach, not, you know, not a rookie to, to being a coach, uh, you know, in general, but this is his first time as a head coach of an NHL team. So oftentimes when they do that, they will hire a more, you know, seasoned or veteran assistant coach to kind of help with that. And that was the case here as well uh, as the Capitals hired two assistant coaches. The Caps hired Kirk Muller as an assistant coach and Kenny McCudden as an assistant skills coach. Muller will work with the power play in forwards and replace Blaine Forsyth. Uh, we know what kind of success that Blaine Forsyth had with the Capitals. Ultimately, I don't want to look at him as just, you know, this bad assistant coach. I think that Blaine Forsyth had great success for the longest period of time. It just lost its effectiveness. You know, he would go into that slingshot entry and it was just becoming to be too predictable. However, if you look at the stats uh, and Alex Ovechkin, he scored a lot of goals uh, with Blaine Forsyth kind of pushing the buttons on the power play there. So um, not to disparage Blaine Forsyth, but change uh, is what the Capitals needed and change they got. Uh, Blaine Forsyth, who left the organization after 17 years and is now with the Arizona Coyotes, writes the Hockey News. So if you take a look at it, for a guy to be employed a coach in one organization for 17 years 
you know, that speaks volumes of what kind of coach he is. I know that, you know, effectiveness was lost over time, but let's face it, when you get hired to be any kind of coach professionally, you're getting hired to get fired. At some point, uh, you will get fired, but I do like the fresh new blood, if you will, uh, that the Capitals have now. Uh, the 57-year-old from the Calgary Flames organization has 17 years of NHL coaching experience. His teams have qualified for the playoffs nine times and have ranked in the top 10 in power play percentage seven times. Uh, we we're talking about uh, McCudden there. So uh, he does have a long history of being successful and uh, the, all the pieces are starting to, to fall into place now uh, that uh, camp isn't too far away. And when camp does start, there's going to be all the coaching spots are going to be filled. And sometimes you see teams, they go into, you know, fall camps and all those positions haven't been spoke for. The Caps are in a good position. It's a great pickup for the Caps as Muller has experience working with Dylan Strom and Anthony Mantha. And oftentimes, if there is even a few players or a couple players on the team that this coach has a rapport with, sometimes that can kind of help with the other players on the team that, you know, Strom or Mantha could say, you know, I've worked with this guy. He's this kind of coach. He's that kind of coach. And uh, he has a good track record. So I think it will work uh, just well. While serving as assistant coach for the Team Canada and the IIHF World Champions with Mantha looking to regain confidence and find his game a familiar face will work wonders. That's the hope, ultimately, isn't it? Uh, that Anthony Mantha, the, the further and the closer we get to the start of next season, it is becoming more and more obvious to me that Anthony Mantha will be on the caps in the fall and next season. And I know that he lost his way last season, but could could Spencer Carberry and the new coaches with the Capitals, could they reinvigorate him to get him to the player that we once thought he was? When we traded uh, Ponick and we traded uh, Jacob Braun and some draft picks to the Detroit Red Wings, we got Anthony Mantha. And for a period, everyone was very happy. The beat writers for the Capitals were very happy. Can this new coaching staff get Anthony Mantha where he needs to be? That is the hope because there's little to no chance that the Caps are going to move him. It's just not going to happen. Everyone else can see the back of his hockey card. They know what kind of player he is, and the Caps have him under contract. For now, they may as well make the most of that opportunity. If a trade does present itself, uh, then I would say take it. But for me, the excitement for me, now that the coaching staff is rounded out, I hope that these new coaches uh, can help get the likes of Kuznetsov and Mantha where they need to be. McCudden spent the last eight seasons as an assistant with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before that, he spent 16 seasons with the AHL Chicago Wolves as the skating and skills coach, helping them to the Calder Cup in 2008. He also experienced when it comes to working with prospects, having worked at several development camps over the course of of his career, McCudden was also the skating and skills coach for the U.S. national team in 11-14, uh, this piece in the hockey news here. So uh, they did do what everyone thought was going to happen. They hired some experienced veteran coaches to surround Spencer Carberry. And I'm not trying to diminish Spencer Carberry's skill set. I think that he is an amazing coach. Let's be honest here. He has killed it. At every level that he's been at while he was coaching, ran the number two power play in the entire NHL 
I don't think he needs a lot of help, but I think he made the right decisions. And I don't think that ultimately they went out and said, you know, we need to hire an older veteran coach. I just think that those were the best candidates uh, that were available. But in any event, I do like the position that the Capitals were in. You know, as we went into last year, there was a feeling with Peter Laviolette of, you know, uncertainty, uh, how this team was going to go. This next season, I am not sold uh, that they're going to win the Metro or win a Stanley Cup. There's still a lot of questions. I know they picked up Patch Reddy. They picked up Joel Edmondson. Um, but with, are those moves enough? Is hiring Spencer Carberry and, you know, rounding out the coaching staff with new assistants, is it enough? Time will only tell. I am hopeful uh, that this Caps team can be competitive because everything that we've heard is that there's not going to be any huge changes until Alex Ovechkin hangs up the skates. I hope that the belief out there isn't that the Caps are going to tank until, until Ovi hangs up the skates. I really don't think that's the case. And just taking a look at what the Caps did at the draft and what they've done historically, I think that they're in a good position to be competitive. That is my assessment as I record this in July, that the Caps will be competitive. There are certain things that we can't know for sure. Uh, last season, we didn't know that this team was going to be so ravished with uh, injuries, right? And that kind of changed the outcome of last season. If the Caps can stay healthy, and I want to emphasize if they can stay healthy, I do believe that they can be competitive in the Metro division that has gotten a lot better. Uh, but I guess time will only tell. All right, so coming up here, we will talk about how the Capitals will not be wearing the Screaming Eagle jersey it seems trivial to talk about jerseys, but not for me. I love the Caps jerseys, and uh, it looks like they're going to be returning a bit to what they wore before, just the red and whites. We'll talk about it a bit more after the break. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, that's $200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Listen, even if you're watching a game, you're watching the Nationals out there, and it's not the outcome you're looking for, if you got a little money on it, it makes watching the games that much more exciting. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. I can't believe it. That's so great. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So that's what you got to do. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow to Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up for you this summer, not to mention I will have big guests when it comes to talking about the moves from this past summer and the draft and what we can expect from the Capitals this fall. So subscribe to Locked On Capitals today. All right, in this next segment here, we are going to talk about the Caps will no longer be wearing the Screaming Eagle jersey. I loved that jersey. Um, and, you know, sometimes it just adds a little bit of freshness to it because some people have said that that Rock the Red, the red jersey, you know, the one that they wear all the time, and the white road jersey, that those have become maybe a little bit stale. It seems to me that they were ranked near the bottom 
in all of the NHL in a poll not long ago. Uh, so I thought that, you know, just to add that, you know, another jersey to the mix there kind of freshen things up a little bit. But as it turns out, that is not the direction the Capitals will be going. The Washington Capitals retro Screaming Eagle logo is widely popular among fans. It was also part of the team's biggest moment in the 22-23 season. Alex Ovechkin passing Gordy Howe for second on the NHL time goals list. So that jersey will forever be remembered at that moment. When you look at historic uh, you know, video and pictures and years to come. That is the jersey that will be worn. And I really liked it because it was kind of a bit of the past and a bit of the present put together. And it was perfect, if you ask me. But as it turns out, according to Tarek El-Bashir in The Athletic, that's probably not going to be the case. Neither the Screegal or the team's Black Reverse Retro 2.0 jerseys will be returning next season, despite pleas from fans and Ovi to bring it back, the story in RMNB. So, um, again, it, it is a bit trivial. I, I mean, I guess it doesn't ultimately matter what jersey they're wearing as long as it's a winning product out on the ice. However, it was a good-looking jersey. And there's something to be said for a sharp-looking jersey. Um, and, you know, maybe they can reconsider it at some point. The team will continue wearing its navy blue alternate jersey as its third jersey alternate um, I'm not, you know, I, I have nothing bad to, to say about that jersey either. I, I like it as you look over my shoulder here as well. The Tom Wilson jersey here as well. Um, that was a jersey that was out a couple of years ago. I like that. Um, so sometimes I like when they add a little bit of change to things. But uh, as it turns out, Caps fans, we're going to have to get over them not having that. So according to Tarek Elbashir, he says, I'm hearing the Caps are only going to wear the traditional red and white next year while mixing in the blue W alternate. The league was also looking to recoup some of the revenue it lost during the COVID-19 with the reverse retros. From here on out, I suspect most teams will be back to wearing home, away, and alternate jerseys. And, you know, generally speaking, if Tarek Elbashir says that you can take that to the bank, he's pretty plugged in if I say so myself. So, again, it is unfortunate that we won't see those jerseys again. And, you know, the thing that's most disappointing for me about not having, uh, you know, having them have those jerseys anymore is that when they were available, I wasn't fast enough. I wasn't quick enough to get one. So guess what? I get no jersey like that. Uh, I got the jacket here and I got a hat and I'm like, well, on next payday, I'm going to go and I'm going to get that jersey as it turns out. Early bird gets the worm, and I was not the early bird. The second mouse gets the cheese. So in that case, for me, I didn't get it. I know that I could probably, you know, pay an exorbitant amount on eBay and find one or some knockoff version on eBay. That's not what I want. I wanted that one. Let that be a lesson to you Caps fans out there. If there is some limited time item out there, you know, don't tell yourself, well, it's going to be available. It's going to be available. It's going to be available. Most likely it won't be. And to be honest with you, I haven't checked the website in a long time. Maybe they've restocked it. But at the time, I remember when they put it out, uh, I went there and it said sold out. So unfortunate. So let that be a lesson to you uh, that, you know, if there's something new, if there's something fresh out there, fresh, you know, I don't think kids say that anymore. I just said it though. That's okay. Uh, that uh, you go out there and buy it, but just taking a look at it, it's just going to be the red and the white, you know? And like I said, when you took a look at those polls, they talked about the red Jersey, you know, kind of being stale. And I, I want to say it was second to last in that particular poll. You know, the one that they wear at home, the rock, the red, 
uh, jersey and then the same jersey except it's white so times are changing here but uh, some things stay the same it seems like you know they were talking about trying to recoup some of the money from the COVID area what is the NHL so flush with money that they don't need any other income source I really don't think that's the case, but we are going to have to get over it. The 22-23 season marked the third year the Caps wore the navy blue W jersey and comes as the NHL begins pivoting to Fanatics as its official jersey maker starting in 24-25. The league announced a 10-year deal with a mega retailer this past March and shortly after reports surfaced that the league was ending the reverse retro program. And I want to just go on the record, and I've spoke about this. If you're an everydayer, you know I talk about this that they are switching to the Fanatics jersey. And the difference between the Fanatics jersey that you get at a store and the actual game-worn jersey, there's quite a bit of difference there. So they're not going to be wearing some poor-grade jersey out there. That's just not the case. Uh, it is interesting that, you know, in the past it's been Reebok. Uh, it's been, uh, what, uh, Reebok and Adidas and, and whatever other brands out there that it is not one of the the major ones out there. I want to say that this one I have here is a Fanatics jersey. But again, I got this one as a knockoff. I have an Alex Ovechkin one over here that is a Reebok. Um, so, you know, things change, but it is an interesting posture. It is a big thing that the NHL is one of the major sports out there and that they're not, you know, partnering with one of the major brands out there. Uh, but everything that I've heard out there is to not despair uh, that these new ones that are coming out by Fanatics are supposed to be uh, top-notch. Um, the original, the Capitals original brought back the Screaming Eagle logo in its reverse retro jersey back in 2020, pairing the 90s logo with the Rock the Red colors in its second RR release. The Caps put the logo on the black featuring metallic copper details. It was a sweet looking jersey. Um, and, you know, if you guys haven't seen that one up close, that was one of the things that seeing is believing. I saw it in a store somewhere. I'm like, I got to get that. And again, like I say, I waited too long and it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, so as you take a look at it, I think that, you know, the, the red jerseys, the white jerseys, it's a clean look. And ultimately, it doesn't really matter. If the Capitals can make it to the playoffs next year, then I think that's good enough for me. All right, so coming up here, we will talk about Alexi Protus, a big man, but not necessarily a physical man. What gives? Can we get some more of that physicality from him? We'll talk about that straight ahead. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. So in this next segment here, we are talking about Alexi Protus and how he is a big guy out there, but he's not necessarily a physical guy out there. Uh, this was a piece that I was reading in Nova Caps, and he was talking about, he noticed uh, when he was watching him play uh, during his season, the KHL, that he would go on hitless streaks. He would sometimes go up to several games at a time without registering a hit. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that you can work on. I think that Anthony Mantha also got kind of put into that category as well. I think that some Caps fans and uh, even Brian McClellan perhaps thought they were going to get a physical player. The same thing goes for Alexi Protus. One of the things I could say about Protus, if he wants to make sure he gets a sweater each and every night there's a game, 
is to bring all the different facets of the game that you possibly can bring. Take a look at Alex Ovechkin, a goal scorer, but also has a physical flair. Um, so I think that to a certain extent, when you take a look at Protus, he's got the size about him. He needs to use it to his advantage because sometimes, let's be honest, he didn't always pop on the score sheet. I know that he killed it in camp last season, and that's ultimately how he found a spot on the team. But through the duration of the series or the season, rather, you saw some ups and downs. And if he wants to maintain a little bit more, I think that um, that he would be best served doing that. Uh, the assessment is now more widely known, including by Protus himself, who knows that he needs to be more aggressive and find a bit more of a junkyard dog in his game. Capitals captain Ovi relayed a similar advice in a recent conversation between the two. There was a moment when the two of us stayed to talk. We started talking about hockey. He said, I could be more cheeky, bolder with my character. And uh, that is true. If you take a look at it, Ovechkin is not uh, the guy that's always dropping the gloves. He's not always fighting, but he is not afraid of finishing his check, of slamming someone into the boards. Uh, so that is something that Alexi Protus could do. He is a big guy. Why not use it to your advantage? And I think that that, like I said, if you're not scoring goals all the time, then use the things that you have in your skill set to your advantage. It's not that I'm shy, but I realize now that it may have prevented me from establishing myself somewhere. Listening to Ovi, you trust him, believe his words, because if you look at his first game in the NHL, Sasha simply killed the man on board in his first shift and scored twice. And you realize that you really need to be more daring if you want to reach your dreams. There is nothing to be afraid of. And he's got the size. It's not like Connor Sherry out there trying to throw his weight around. And he even did it as a smaller man. So I think that if Alexi Protus wanted to cement his spot every night, you know, we know that there is going to be goal scoring droughts, that kind of thing. But if he can bring the physicality, bring what you can bring, I think that that will be, you know, help him in the long term. Um, because like I talked about, we don't need another big guy on the team that is not physical. Now, I already understand that there's no way it will work any other way. I understand that somewhere my philosophy and games failed me. Could it have been bolder, more, uh, more strong out there? But you really need to see it. A lot can be said with words. It will need to be seen as well. So it's one thing to be out, to go out there and talk that I need to be tougher. I need to be a better fighter. But seeing is believing. And uh, if you take a look at him, he is a big guy out there. There is no reason that he should be afraid uh, to throw his weight around. This piece in Nova Caps, they say in Protus defense, there was already been a noticeable uptick in his physical play last season and in the postseason with the Bears. I even saw him get irritated on more than one occasion more aggressiveness is needed from the 22 year old but i fully believe it will come and come very soon that's the perfect player profile and protus knows it and uh, there's not a lot i would change about protus's game i think that ultimately he is a good player all things considered um, let's face it when he came into camp last season he wasn't projected to be on the big team but he played so well that they couldn't afford to send him down to Hershey. And, uh, you know, like I talked about this last season, there were ups and flow, uh, ups and downs. There were ebbs and there were flows. Uh, so when he was not getting the production that he needed goal scoring wise, he, he could tap into that physicality, that tough guy that I believe that he can be. 
It's, you know, it's one of the things that sometimes I think easier said than done, though. Uh, you take a look at Anthony Mantha, and he tried to be that tough guy. If you saw that a uh, couple fights that he, mix-ups he got into in fights last season, I believe one of them, he even had the jersey pulled over his head. So sometimes it's not an easy thing to make, you know, a tough guy into a tough guy. You know, if you take a look at Tom Wilson, I just think that intrinsically he's a tough guy. Reeves, tough guy. Maroon, tough guy. That's just who they are. If they, you know, walked away from hockey today, I think that, you know, on the streets, if you messed them up, they would probably knock you out. That's just who they are as people. Some people are more passive. Some people are more tough. It's called the alpha type personality. And, you know, players like in, in, in their personality, you take a look at Wilson, Reeves, and, and Maroon, those kind of players, they're more of the alpha, more of the tough guys, where if you take a look at someone like Protus, not necessarily the case. Listen, you can tap into that. You can be that tough guy. And I think that ultimately, like I say, if he wants to cement his spot in this lineup next year, listen, there's going to be a lot of players down in Hershey that are vying for spots. And you take a look at the additions of Protus out there. And we hear that Connor McMichael needs his opportunity. And we hear, you know, that Hendricks Lop here and whatever other additions that Brian McClellan may make, you need to bring it. This is the NHL. This is the Washington Capitals. If you want to get that jersey, that sweater each and every night, you better bring it or you're going to be that healthy scratch. And, you know, if you're a healthy scratch enough, you get sent down to, her, you know, the AHL affiliate. And if you keep not doing well enough, then, you know, things only get worse from you. And I don't want to go down that hole because it really seems like Protus is going in the right direction. If you saw how he played uh, in Hershey in the playoffs, you saw that he, he you know, his game was improving and he's one heck of a player. He just needs to maintain that and find that and tap into that tough guy personality. And I'm not talking about a fighter per se. I'm talking about a guy that's finishing his checks. I'm talking about a guy that just makes you know, hey, I'm on the ice and you better look out. That's what it's about. And uh, again, there's not a lot I would change about Protus's game, but if he can tap into that, he's got the size. He just needs to use it. All right. I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And are you a fan of other DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. We got Locked On Nationals and baseball is in full swing. Not to mention Locked On Commanders, the Commander season coming soon, and Locked On Wizards. So no matter what major DC sport it is, Locked On has got you covered. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Homie, and I'll talk to you again next time.